Hi, this is Scott Bakula, and you're listening to TrekMate. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the TrekMate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. I'm Laura Fawcett. I'm Jude Hawkins. And we are being joined by a very, very special guest. Joining us all the way from the wilderness is the one and only Mr. JD. Hey, guys. How's it going, dude? Good, buddy. What's happening? Well, Trekmate's back. Trekmate is now I, back I, up and running. That's it. It's been a long time, long time coming, and it's too right that we've uh, got you back on the show because uh, it's been so long since we have uh, podcasted with yourself. Now I'm going to call shenanigans on that for two seconds. You say have me back on the show. <laughs> I was never on the original show. Had you never ever been on the show once? I did one. I did one guest spot for about ten minutes when one of the um, Into Darkness trailers dropped. But that was the only time I was actually on the original show, other than the Potathon. Oh, then don't don't be calling them shenanigans. That still counts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we, we can put that right as of today. As of Excellent. Today. So, uh, how's everybody been keeping? Anything much been going on? No. 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 No, that's the thing, because we, no. we are boring bastards that have not been to Vegas this week and just oh. been getting jealous of everybody. So fucking I was going to go. I hadn't planned on going. I had, I've got, I'm on three weeks' holidays, which I'd booked to be able to go, but then... The arse fell out of my financial situation and I couldn't afford it anymore. That's understandable, dude, because let's face it, to go to Vegas is not a cheap trip. No. But it looked so cool. looked like they were having such a great time. And to be honest, Showmasters have got a lot to live up to because they had some amazing props going on over there. Yeah, Yeah. and amazing guests. They really whipped it out. And I was like... Oh, no. That's it. They whipped it out on the desk and everybody <laughs> was in shock and awe. I was going to make well, that a joke and against it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Honestly, it, the first guest appearances of Kirsty Alley and Whoopi Goldberg. I was I saw some photos of Kirsty on stage and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know she was booked, let alone had never done a con before. I barely yeah. knew that she was still alive. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. i tell you what, though. From the photos that got put up, because for a few years there, she'd put on a lot of weight, but she actually looks, looks really healthy now, and I'm really happy for her. I know, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I saw some pictures of her when she was having some tough times like with uh, drugs and that, and she looks like absolute shit, but she looks really good at the con. She looks really healthy. She looks good, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see her looking like well yeah. and healthy because she did definitely go through a hard time. But oh, it was ama- I would have loved to have been at the Whoopi Goldberg panel. She wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to be involved in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, really? Too fucking right. Well, she's yeah. an Elorian. She can be there. She could be there. That would absolutely work. Would absolutely yeah. make sense. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> That's it. No, I I would totally endorse that. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. I'd be well happy to see uh, Whoopi Goldberg back. I'd also so, be really uh, happy to see her over here in uh, October in uh, Birmingham at Destination yeah. Star Trek Europe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, my God. If she is announced, I will probably squeal and cry. <laughs> probably be like, take all of my money. <laughs> yeah. Have all the money. <laughs> Have all the money. <laughs> yeah, start throwing fishbowls in my how it is. Because, I mean, I'm yeah. not just a fan of her in Shrek. Like, I, have, I watch a lot of her films as well, because I'm quite a film nerd as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, we'll be good back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I heard the other day. I was listening to In the Wilderness 2012. And, and I think it was JD must have said um, Max Gradenchik, Ron, he was in Sister Act. Yes, he was. The, the guy who got killed. Is that true? It I is never true. even bothered to, to look it up online after. It is cool. true. Sister Act I've is one of my favourite movies. And yes, he is. Because <laughs> I looked at him and I went, I know who you are. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's you. <laughs> Yeah, I tell yeah. you, I haven't watched that film in a couple of years, and I never noticed. Same. I don't ever remember knowing that. I, I loved the movie when it came out. Jamie's <laughs> like, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I Fair don't ever I remember. Don't know that. I might have read it off a wiki page at the time. <laughs> yeah. Used to be great. Or if not, that was a Fez fact. That doesn't sorry, sound I'm like it was a Fez fact. In a time warp. But that is true. I can vouch for that because I have watched that film. Many times uh, over. Thank you. I've watched it a number of times okay. as well, but uh, I've got I, it on DVD. Oh, I tell you, another Whoopi Goldberg film I used to love was oh, what's it called? Is it Made in America? The Color Purple. No. She's in Ghost. She's in Ghost. No, not Ghost. Uh, the one where she's opposite Ted oh, Danson yes. with the because uh, he's the sperm donor of her child. I, I sort of remember it, but I have no idea what the name was. No I can't idea. remember that now. It, it's got Will Smith as well. It's going to bug me. I'm sure Google will figure it out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to my friend Wikipedia, Max Credentic's also in Bruce Almighty, Apollo 13, and The Rocketeer. Really? I've read those, yeah. Apparently so. I'm going to have to read I've still yet to go back and watch them, but... You might have to really watch them. (laughs) 15, 20 years ago, we didn't realise what Max looked like anyway. We he looks so different. Like. No, but he looks so different when he was younger, 20 years now. I can imagine. I did watch uh, Rubble Stiltskin. That's one thing I watched with Max as the actual starring role. I don't know if anyone else seen that. Really oh. dodgy horror. <laughs> Those are the best ones. No one's seen Rumble Stiltskin but me. No, I haven't seen Rumble Stiltskin at all. If you want to see dodgy films that ex-Star Trek people have been in, there's one... Don't you say Cube or I swear to God I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> No, no, but that's a good film. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, there's one that Chase Masterson was in, and it's called Lightning, Lightning something. It's the shittest film I've ever seen, and I was like, can't seriously. <laughs> Sorry, no, but like obviously in Chase, the like on a babe kind of level. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
and, anyway, and I hope you called her out on that shit. I did. I was like, babe, seriously, like, what was that? <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, <laughs> monies. And I was like... <laughs> Wasn't she on an episode? Like, didn't we interview her at one point? Didn't Drinkwater get an interview with her? Uh, yes, he did. I'll never forget it. He did, and it was probably one of the most awkward uh, interviews. Really? Because the thing was, yeah. he, he was like, he, there was two factors. He was extremely nervous because he absolutely fancied her, and he yeah. number two, she had also seen his, or heard his drunk brace for impacts about her. Oh no! Oh wow! I know that. Bit. Oh, I didn't know no. that. Yes, because uh, she it had gone on the, the <laughs> Twitter sphere like, oh, this uh, this podcast done something on you, and she watched <laughs> she watched it, and I did find out oh, down the line that God. she had actually heard it because uh, until uh, things got redeemed <laughs> when some of the guys, including yourself, Laura, met her at a different <laughs> con, uh, when she heard the name Trackmate, she was like. Oh, that drunk podcast. Oh my god, that's what it was. And I, yeah, and I had talking about. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever met her and all. I haven't forgotten anything that Paul said about her on those podcasts. Drink he liked her a lot. Just so that I can clear it up, she is yeah. a lovely person who, obviously, she is very pretty, and everybody does like they do dote on her slightly. Um. But, you know, she's incredibly talented, and I love her to bits. <laughs> she's one of my good friends, so I have to say that, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, well, in that case, you've got to... I just slipped that in there. That's it. Well, in that case, you've got to get her on the show, and yeah, we've got to redeem ourselves. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but if I say Trek, like, really... Well, no, it's been long enough now. Four years is long enough to... When <laughs> I'll just say that it's me, and she'll be like, I'm in there, Laura. She loves Prove me. it. Prove it. <laughs> All right, Fair Fine. That points in my direction. I'll talk to her on the corner. It's fine. No one minds sharing. Oh. <laughs> Since we've rambled for long enough, I didn't. Considering when we first started, we were like, no, we're going to keep it to a forty-five minute show, and I think we've only managed <laughs> oh, that far. This episode back. So. Um, you got me on the show. You got the hope. No. no we're going to no, go whatsoever. two hours tonight with JD. No. Two hour special. Okay. Let's. Let's get this boat moving. And just uh, as a side note, I was right. The film was called Made in America. Anyway, (laughs) still, Ah. let's move on. It's time for this. Time for Trek News on the Trekmate Podcast. Okay, well, um, it's uh, slow-ish. Newsweek this week, but uh, we've got one story that everybody on the show today and everyone listening is going to be happy about. At the um, Las Vegas con this week, Ira Stephen Bear announced um, in a talk that they were doing there that he's going to be uh, releasing a Deep Space Nine documentary sometime soon, which they've been doing for a couple of years, and he's been working on it with the same guys that worked with Shatner on, um, what was it called, Wayne? The Chaos Captain. on the Bridge. Yeah. No, Chaos on the Bridge. Chaos on the, the Bridge. One Shatner did. Because uh, they interviewed Ira uh, on that and basically approached him and said, do you want to do a DS9 one? And so they've been doing it for years. Wow. And uh, he's interviewed the writers. He's interviewed most of the cast. 
um, apart from Avery, which not quite sure why. Well, I don't think Avery's been very well recently, but also, yeah, no, he he didn't comment. He just said that he did try, but he couldn't get Avery. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I'm a big fan, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the documentary, and I'm sure uh, loads of other people are going to be happy to see that finally be released. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And also, he in a interview that I saw of him on Trek Movie, he also stated that for the documentary, he got together a team of about six or seven of the original writers to pen out yeah. the first episode of season eight. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention that I had read the same thing. Yeah. That was very Whoa. cool. So and also get a rough idea of where they would have liked season eight of DS9 to have gone. <gasps> oh my god, they need yeah. to do Voyager next. Oh, please do. Let, please let's do see how well cool. Discovery does. I'm going to jump on yeah. a second one with them talking about um, the first couple of episodes of what they would have done with season eight. Mm-hmm. Is that theorising that they hadn't done what you leave behind because they wrapped no. everything up knowing that it was at the end or would it have been a continuation of that like the search for Cisco and the things of that nature do you reckon? Well no because Search what... for Cisco sorry search that's search totally that's totally Star Trek 2 Cisco yeah. sorry No they No last episode well, that's the thing. Yeah. He wraps everything up in a pretty nice uh, bow. But the, it, no, he what he said is he had got all of the writers to at least rewatch what we leave behind, what you leave behind, and most uh, of the writers, so they, yeah, so then they could uh, like continue on from where they were. So they are going one hundred percent like as a what they would have wrote after that final season finale. Yeah. You know, out of all of all of the last episodes, that's the one that makes me cry the most. That's quite an but emotional it's prob- thing. Yeah, I can um, understand that. Yeah. I can understand that, especially over Voyager, because Voyager, I was left very uh, uh, disappointed. Yeah, Voyager, I was more annoyed Same. rather than like sad. I was like, oh, oh what? And- and it was the same for Enterprise as well. For me, it was only TNG and DS9 that got it right on the final episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know, but they got the full seven seasons. No, I know, I know you're not a fan of Enterprise, Laura, and we need to try and change that. because no, it's not I don't know what I Wait until you hear what I have to say about TOS. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we are going to move <laughs> on to the next news headline which is slightly of a different note because unfortunately yesterday Barry Jenner who played Admiral William Ross from DS9 passed away at the age of 75. He died of acute myeloid leukemia so it's very uh, very sad and obviously our thoughts go to his family uh, at this time because Hell, no one wants to go that way, and for it to be one of the Star Trek alumni, and he was one of the cool admirals, he Admiral was. Ross. Most of them were jerks, but he was also because he was such a repeating character because of the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. He was there a lot more than some of the other um, admirals. Yeah. So no, very very sad news. Very sad. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. He's, uh, it, uh, it doesn't say how long he had been suffering for, but 
um, it, it's not one of them things that is a quick thing. So it's it's no. even sadder that he would have been suffering as well. Mm-hmm. And you can only hope that when he did pass, that he was comfortable and had his loved ones with him. Yes. So that is a bit of sad news. Uh, also, just on a slightly lighter note, we do have a Mr. Mark Stamper watching in with us, and he. <laughs> As called shenanigans, that Jay Dizzle is on the Trekmate podcast. <laughs> shenanigans. Of course he is. What's your problem, Stampo? No, I love Stampo. But saying that, before we move on to the subject of the week, Jude is in a full uh, wilderness listen through at the moment, and he's been constantly uh, commenting to me about how he's getting on. So Jude had a wonderful idea. And what was that, Jude? Now, the third rule clearly states, never spend more for an acquisition than you have to. And now, the collectible of the week on Trekmate in the Wilderness. It's crap collectible time. It's crap collectible time, dude. No school like the old school. I've just sent you a link to our crap collectible of the week in oh. honor of the wilderness. Which... That's fucking creepy collectibles. Okay, I'm going to explain for people who are listening to the podcast and not watching us live, uh, and also for Laura, who unfortunately can't look at it right now. But <laughs> the, the crap collectible of the week is the is a Vulcan baby... Trekkie Reborn Star Trek doll. It's one of them baby reborn dolls that looks so ah. realistic but is ultra freaky. I had to double check it when I thought, is that a doll? It, it, yeah. That oh, and that's not right. <laughs> give us a bit of a description, dude. It, it, this is your section, so uh, JD, give us a you're, description of what you're looking at. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. Alright, so what we're looking at is the Vulcan Baby, very rare, C-O-A-O-O-A-K, Treaky, because it's only got one K, not two, reborn Star Trek doll birthday Xmas gift. This is the only one of its kind worldwide. Alright, now, in the description, it says somewhere, okay, this Vulcan Baby was inspired by Star Trek and was created from the Clara sculpt by Sean Clymer. Here is a limit. Here's a limited edition from the Fairy Collection, numbered 170 of 300, and then in big red capital letters, this is the only one of its kind worldwide, to which I say thank fuck for that. <laughs> I don't want to do all these things. It says, this is a lovely adult, treaky-friendly reborn. It's, it's creepy as fuck. Now, what would, you, what would you fine folks expect to pay for something that's going to give you nightmares forever? Oh, no, it's going to be really ridiculously expensive, isn't it? It really it's is. Not as expensive. It's not as expensive as that mouldy old William Shatner mask that we looked at back on the wilderness one night. <laughs> I'm having all, I'm having all these acid flashbacks to the wilderness. It's great. All that creepy ass Captain Picard mask from the first episode. Cool. Okay, what we're looking at for this freaky ass doll. Now it, it looks completely like it's It's little onesie with the insignia and the sciences. Now you're looking at 895 pounds. <gasps> Which is about four million dollars a shame. Not anymore, dude. Brexit's fucked our economy. Yeah, well, that's your own fault. You're looking at about twenty Australian dollars. Wait, wait. It'd be about twelve hundred Australian dollars in total for this thing. Yeah. 
and it's that was in pounds. Oh, was it sold over your baby here? Will be, your baby yes. will be coming home in a brand new nappy, and the outfit oh. is seen in the photo. And also includes a free magnetic dummy, a care sheet, a scan photo, and a blank birth certificate for you to add the name of your choice. It will be wrapped in a lovely baby shawl, scented with baby powder, a powder fragrance, and finished with sprinkles of love. And they conform to European standards. Oh, I'm sorry. One, who the fuck would want to buy it? Two, who the fuck is creepy enough to make the damn thing? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just, you know what? Let's go old school. I'm declaring shenanigans on this thing because it's not okay. It's, oh, no, the very bottom of the description right. says, I searched on Google and wasn't able to find any others for sale. There's a very good reason for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's uh, it's proper fucking freaky. And anyone who's uh, watching the podcast uh, being recorded live, if you go over to our Twitter, I've just tweeted a link for it, and I'll make sure that the link is in the uh, podcast description for anybody to check it out, because this is scary shit. <laughs> this is worse than that creepy Picard mask that we had on the wilderness that time. My God. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm, loving, I'm loving the description of this thing. Never pull, carry, or swing your baby by the arms or legs, as this can cause damage to skin or joints. Oh. Which I'd read that when I a Just like you're holding a real baby, and you would just not want to put him down. I'm sorry, if I had a baby that looked like that, I would want to put it down. <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is... This is up there with the best of the crap collectibles that we ever did. I did my job. That's it. Jude has been fine-tuning this, oh, waiting in anticipation. Yeah. What did you type in? Fucked up rare Star Trek. <laughs> I searched for like an hour or something Tucked to find shit. this. We, we nearly did a coconut. We nearly did a painted coconut, but I went with the freaky baby instead. A painted oh, coconut? I'd have died. Yeah. I'd have bought the painted coconut. Before the baby. Yeah, <laughs> you probably would have done. It was about three hundred and fifty pounds, but you would have done in preference <laughs> to this. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have nightmares. I'm gonna have nightmares. Yeah, you really are. No, Some lonely it. old spinster nerd oh. is gonna buy this thing, pull it her baby, and oh my god! <laughs> I feel sorry for. Good luck to whoever you are. As long as she's happy. happy. It could be a he. Oh, don't. Oh, no. that's even better. No. Serial killer, a John Wayne oh. Gacy type, carrying around very quietly, humming the DS9 thing to himself, as he's <laughs> holding the baby and blocking the top of the with his three-quarter size replica black leather than the other because someone said they didn't like Star Trek Beyond. <gasps> you realised also on the description of this, some male... It's a what? Yes, it's, that's, it's a boy. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I don't want to go further than that, but, you know. No, I will. Is it anatomically they, correct, like data? Exactly. <laughs> I think these dolls are. Because I watched, oh, uh, I watched a show true. about, like, creepy old people, old women who <laughs> are obsessed with these dolls. And, like, I'm driving them around the, the most show ever. I watched it. Something about creepy old women. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's fucked oh. up. It's, it's not as fucked up. Dying. 
I don't think it's as uh, fucked up as the show that I watched a few, uh, like a month or so back, where it was about the real life sex dolls, and one oh, dude was yeah. going out with one in the sense of he took it out in a wheelchair, wheeled it down to the oh pub, took God. her out, took her out for a drink. Uh, she was known by his mates, and all of his mates were getting interviewed and acting like it was normal, but really, you know, they were ripping the shit out of him. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then, he, that's the thing, he would take her out on date nights so that she could see the outside world before he went and, like, had his way with her. It was... <laughs> <laughs> there are proper fucked up people in this world. Dude, this has just got his hands over so... This is so... How did we get here? Sorry, this is my fault. <laughs> It's all my fault. The wilderness is just a bad influence on people. What just That's, happened? It is. What just it happened? Is. I blame myself. Oh, and so you yeah. should. So you it's should. It's your fault, okay. JD, ultimately. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, let's let's try and reel this back in. Let's reel this back in. <laughs> let's try and move on from that thing. Somebody we, cut uh, to Rick Moyer. T-O-S. <laughs> Who gives a toss? Speaking of segments that haven't been heard for a while, we are going to try and determine once again whether people do actually give a toss about TOS. And rather than start with an episode that is astounding and displays TOS at its finest, Jude once again has made the decisions for this show and has picked... I apologize. Right, this is all your fault. This, this whole episode is your fault. I take 100%. Don't worry. I'll give you my opinion soon. And this week's uh, episode that we chose to watch was The Way to Eden. And I bet, I bet JD was so fucking happy that he decided this week to come on the show. Oh, yeah. Couldn't you come on for something interesting like last week's conversation about diversity? No, no, no. I had to come on for the fucking yeah. original series episode. <laughs> the dude from the Blue Brothers in it. Too early to date this shit. Can I just say, I'm the one person on this show that actually sort of enjoyed the show. And also, oh. there is a mild, mild connection to In the Wilderness and DS9 as... Um, oh, I know exactly what you're his name? Name. I know exactly how it connects. Go on, then. What's his name, JD? Charles, Charles um, Nappy. Charles, Charles Napier was in Little Green Men. Napier. He was um, General Denning. Spot on. That's right. And in like shitloads of movies, there's like the authority <laughs> figure of that guy you don't mess with. But he wasn't that guy in this episode. No, but we'll find he was Adam. He was Adam. Morning. He was Adam. So I started watching it. Adam and I'm like, geez, that, that that jawline looks familiar. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, that's what I thought. Charles Napier. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> was. Um, the guy with the blonde afro. Yeah, the yeah. guy that did all the songs. He was yeah. the, the head of the good old boys who drove to Winnebago in the Blues Brothers. And he's in yep. his other main thing that people generally know him from. He's one of the guys that gets his face cut off in Silence of the Lands by Hannibal Lecter. Ah. Oh. Oh. Rambo Part 2. Cool. Nice. No, I didn't uh, I didn't make that link at all. When you initially told me that, Jude, I thought you meant like the guy with seven different ears. <laughs> Oh, the worst case of cauliflower no, ear I've ever No. <laughs> he needs to put something on that. 
No, I love I love this uh, Charles Napier or Napier. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, I'd say yeah, Napier. I thought he was great. Napier. So. Napier. Napier. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a very very good actor. But in this this character. Oh, he is. Great. He is definitely. But died <laughs> five years ago. But you know, he was a good actor. His character is a prick. Yeah. Quite I, frankly, I a bit of a dick. I liked it. I liked him. He sang like three songs. I lo- I loved all three of his songs. So did Spock, for the record. <laughs> yeah, Spock loved Spock it, just like I did. Yeah, yeah. The, the look on Spock's face. Yeah. <laughs> that was the look on my face as the episode started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for anybody who is unfamiliar with the episode, uh, it starts out with the Enterprise intercepting uh, a ship called the Aurora, which is has been stolen by a group of space hippies um, <laughs> who attempt to escape the uh, Enterprise, but ultimately the ship blows up because it's being pushed too damn hard, and they are beamed aboard the Enterprise, at which point they have a sit-in. <laughs> Absolutely, space sit-in. A really nifty heart that looks like if somebody's gotten the wheel, like the spokes of a push bike, and just run some strings in between it. <laughs> yeah. and his, but his guitar is not a guitar, it's a stick. It's a stick with three oh, strings. It's a stick. It looks, like, <laughs> excuse me, it looks like that Vulcan bladed weapon, and somebody just grabs that prop and just runs some strings over it. There you go, Charles, go and play this in your skirt. <laughs> Knowing Star Trek back in the day, that probably is what they did. No doubt. <laughs> um, no, no, but on a serious note, the episode was nowhere near as painful as some of the other season three episodes. Lost Brain, but mm. in, very reminiscent, or the other way around. It was um, the plot itself, the search for Eden, Sharkari. You know, it was very much like the plot of Star Trek Five, and the less said about that, the better. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Obviously, it, it, I did get that sort of vibe, and I at some because I'll be honest with you, I think I've only seen the Way to Eden once, and that was ages ago. And rewatching it, I just thought, "Fuck, Shatner really must have loved this episode." He'd be the only one. But I didn't understand why coming off of the transport pad, they instantly had a sit-in. What else do you do? <laughs> it was the decade, wasn't it? It was still the no. 60s. Yeah. It, it, it was still the 60s. Can I just ask, does anyone know what year that that, that season three and that episode was done? Because Probably. that's something that it reminds me of. Pretty sure it was 60s. <laughs> uh, uh, initially, you know what year specifically? Uh, oh, okay. it, it first aired in the 21st of February 1969. Do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know if anyone else is going to guess what I'm going to say. Go on. But I was really interested in a book when I was a teenager. It really reminds me a lot. I, I don't want to get too heavy, man. But no, it reminds it. me of uh, Helter Skelter. Yeah. I've never read it. Yeah, Charles Manson was a, was a guy who posed as a hippie and did all hippie-ish stuff in the 60s, but basically brainwashed through acid and other drugs. Yeah. A bunch of... Um, younger people than him to go murder a whole bunch of people in Hollywood in uh, 1969 in America and I couldn't help but think when I was watching the episode that there was similarities like you've got the the doctor I I don't don't know what his second name was sorry Tonga Rad 
Tonga. Yeah, Tonga. That right. character, he was basically he didn't care that the fact that he had this um, disease and he knew, mm. knew that he was anyone what might have been on Eden. He was just happy to go down there and do it. It just totally reminded me of that, and I didn't know if if maybe the writers had taken that away from real life stories, what were going on at the time. No, I well, that's did. Interesting. I never actually made that link whatsoever, but yeah, no, you can totally uh, see the connection there because Tongo Rad. Uh, yeah, it's weird, as, isn't it? Yeah, as we find out later, it has this uh, disease that's been born of basically his body has is creating some sort of pathogens or something that because of the sterile environment that starships create means that people's immune systems can't fight certain things and he doesn't give a fuck that the people that he wants to inhabit a planet with would like die if they don't get their boosters that's right so no the typhoid mary cult leader crazy guy (laughs) yeah yeah Yep, definitely. And to be honest, dude, considering you brought up such like a somber, Sorry. serious point, Sorry I have to be serious. Herbert, 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 Herbert. I tell you what, though, say what you will about any of these god awful original series episodes, they're a good fun watch, regardless of if it's yeah. great, terrible, or in between. And, and no, in definitely. This episode, and those guys are not wrong. Kirk is the Herbert in this episode. He deserves that. But he absolutely he does. Be, though. He's, I, I love the way that Spock sort of connects with these guys, but Kirk just doesn't get it. And even to an extent, Chekhov, even though he went out with the girl who was part of it, Arena. they don't get it. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. But to be honest, it's... Well, uh, obviously, uh, Chekhov is quite disgusted at his uh, ex for running off with... Uh, the cult, and yes, yeah, <laughs> and he. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, as you said, he's definitely not as much of a Herbert as Kirk. But did you notice when Chekhov is talking to Arena, mm-hmm. they're walking down the corridor, and constantly Chekhov is having multiple male crew members eyeing him up. I did notice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very odd. I didn't quite understand why they went for that choice because it was just the leering looks that he was get wasn't as if like what what's he doing with this beautiful woman? It was fuck Sudo is looking good to, uh, Sudo fuck Chekhov is looking good today. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> there was a distinct lack of uhura anywhere to be seen in this episode. She wasn't even on the bridge. Sure. No, there was some blockings on it. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she was on shore leave, or it was her day off, and she was like, I am not leaving my fucking quarters. Yeah, I'm going to sleep. To now. be fair, Bones only got about 10 seconds as well on this episode. Mm. Well, if, funny you mention Bones, because I'm reading here on, on your memory alpha, the the character of Arena, the chick that was getting off with the really Bones' quarter and was going to be a love interest for Captain Kirk, not some random space hippie that was Chekhov's ex-missus. Ah. Which would have made it a completely different dynamic to the whole episode. But then apparently yeah. they were going to, in season four, they were going to do an episode with that character in it, but they didn't get a season four for good reason. But yeah, I think <laughs> if they'd have done that story, <laughs> this chick had Rose's daughter running off to join the cult and not Chekhov's ex-missus, that may have been a much more interesting and much more dynamic story. 
Oh, yeah. definitely, because then you would have had the whole issue of McCoy dealing with this daughter that's been brainwashed and having to try and win her back. So, yeah, no, I think it would have been an interesting story like that. It would have resonated with a lot of the like, older the hurts in the audience who's, who had the kids that were all the flower childs and flower children, you know, words are hard, that were the, the hippies and the free spirits that had run off to join these communes. And it could have very much done that thing that Star Trek did and addressed issues of the day while putting it in a sci-fi environment. I think that would have probably been a much better episode to have Bones, cantankerous old man that he was, dealing with the fact that his daughter, who he always thought would follow him into medicine, had gone off to be a hippie. I think you're right, man. Also, what I found in this episode that was quite questionable, human rights, like the way that they were treated. So, as in, by Kirk at the beginning, I know that they stole the ship. Um, mm-hmm. But did you think it was slightly harsh of him? Um, well, if he was being really harsh, he would have sent them straight to the brig, surely. Oh, yeah, no, but he'd say that line that he was like, um, if it wasn't for the ambassador's son, they would be in the brig. Um, mm. And, you know, when they were... Pro- it, basically, they were protesters, weren't they? And it was kind of a bit like the treatment of protesters. Mm. It was very... Yeah reflective of that what i would say about human rights is the way that they were forced to have medicals yeah that was it sorry yeah yeah they were because like manhandled, that's, a, that's the thing uh they were kind of pretty much forced uh, that, that did invade their human rights yeah because surely just at this point, would the transporters have been able to give them enough information that they wanted from like their medical like requirements? Because obviously, yeah, the biofilm. You mean, yeah. Well, because they take, they basically disassemble people like atom by atom and then reassemble them. So surely, the pattern buffers would be able to tell you whether there was anything wrong with them. Yeah, but then, but then, isn't it standard practice though on the starships that they just go to sick bay like? Any alien, any species, they just go straight to sickbay, don't they? For like a check. Mm, well, I think definitely on Kirk's one because it's a yeah. question of he is more than likely going to screw something that comes on board, <laughs> so he needs to make sure whether it's okay or not. Yeah, make sure. if there's any Star Trek disto- discovery. <laughs> Star Trek <Sorry>. discoveries. <laughs> I like that. I just like to see what I'm going on about. STDs, yeah. children. <laughs> STDs, children, bad things. That's interesting, that point, Max, about them being forced to go to Sickway. Because, one, yes, they didn't want to have any bar of it. But, that said, you need, if you bring in a bunch of space hippie thieves on board, what is effectively a military vessel, you want to yes. make sure they're not going to have anything that's going to infect and endanger the crew, uh-huh. slash wherever they're going. Which. It turns out, though, one of them did have that he's been in his space type called Mary. So, yeah. well, yes, that's absolutely valid point you make about, yeah, they should, it's an interesting sort of representation yeah. of human rights violations and forcing them in for this mandatory um, yeah. examinations. But, conversely, if they hadn't done it, there'd be no story. I know, but, like, isn't it interesting, like, the way that it can be such a fine line between what is necessary and what is right? Yes, is the short yes. answer. Which I think a lot of, especially on on your favourite on Voyager, there they yeah. cover that a lot in the various, especially with the Prime Directives and the interfering yes. in culture. You get a lot of that with 
this is the right thing to do, but the rules say we can't do it. Yeah, I feel it's that very Kirk really. I feel that Kirk really doesn't give a shit about that. This is what we were saying before about it being a project of its time. Yeah. At the time, it was a city. Yeah, let's just go and do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Okay. Again, again, there's an episode of Voyager. I think it's actually um, flashback where yep. she's talking about um, Janeway's talking about how a lot of them would be drummed out of Starfleet in that era. But the couple of hundred years prior, or the hundred odd years when it was Kirk's era, yes, absolutely, they had that little bit more autonomy to shoot first, ask yeah. questions later. But yeah. it's being the final frontier mm-hmm. very much, which mm-hmm. is where Kirk's attitude comes from. But if they had wanted absolute protest, having a medical, maybe they should have been sent straight to quarantine rather than be forced in a medical. But as you said, as you both mm-hmm. said, it's just this huge grey area that. Uh, like even like nowadays we face all the time where if something needs to be done it's just done and as you said uh, Starfleet is a military ship but then at the same time Starfleet at that point in the 60s really represented the US of A and they did not give a fuck what they'd done <laughs> yeah <laughs> point. Fair point but it also kind of speaks on nepotism and how showing favoritism or whatnot can lead to dire situations because, as you as you mentioned there, the if he wasn't the ambassador, son, that'll be in the brig. And if they just put them all in the brig or in quarantine, as you say, Wayne, right at the very start of the episode, none of what then unfolded with them taking over the ship and yeah. sticking people's mm-hmm. their thumbs and people's in and whatnot would have happened. So, from a narrative perspective, it was necessary, but it's also interesting that if you give people special treatment based on who they're related to or so on and so forth, bad shit can then happen to everyone around them, which or I might just yeah. be reading why you do an original series episode, but it's an interesting point, I felt. Yeah, it is an interesting point. I think, um, don't, don't you think that they would have just protested anyway? They, they just seemed like they were up for a good protest and would have probably... Um, still tried to get oh, off the ship anyway. <laughs> it seemed very That's the thing. Yeah, it's the 60s. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the You can protest as much as you want, but if you're in the fucking brig, you can sit there and you can sing your songs and you can sing your own poo or what, or go on a hunger strike. That's fine. <laughs> if you're in the brig, you're only pissing off each other and the one guard that's outside who doesn't give two shits about you or your cause. Yeah, but, yeah, if but you there was that one point. Yeah. There was that one point where they were singing and it kind of entranced, it kind of hypnotised them and they were able to get them out anyway so you never know okay, we're, okay, we're can I just say I don't know how much it's on this episode but I love the songs on this on this episode I love Charles. the songs yeah. Yeah. You know what? they're brilliant aren't they the a lot of the songs are originally written by Charles Napier himself apparently <laughs> they're funny really? oh, that, that makes it even better I found I it amusing, that. but there's this there's, this, there's something that I wrote down. What's with all the Jesse singing very 60s? Seriously, <laughs> that's what I put down. <laughs> what, uh, the, okay, the, the songs, right, I, I personally enjoyed them, but uh, with regards to their tactic of uh, getting their leader out of the brig yeah. was to distract everybody by song. Yeah. Who the fuck thought it was a good idea to put their singing in one of the mess halls on the big fucking tannoy for everybody <laughs> to hear? Spock, <laughs> because he wanted to rock out with them. I love that Spock identified with these guys. I really did like that. The only reason he identified with them was because that they were looking for something else and something more primitive, which is what essentially Vulcans do by stripping back their emotions, stripping back 
everything, that's kind of more of a basic way of living. So I think he related to them on that level and the fact that they wanted to find this place called Eden that was basically their mm -hmm. haven, you know, their heaven or safe haven that kind of didn't... Yeah, so the whole, yeah. Spock was one. <laughs> hey, Spock brother. Was one. Whoa, man. Whoa. That's where it gets recycled again. Oh, in general, all for peace. Which gets recycled again? Uh, that whole thing of Spock getting. Uh, no, no, this is not the footage. This is oh. the whole idea of Spock wanting to find that sort of inner peace, which, one, goes back to his character of struggling with his human side versus Vulcan side. Yeah. Two, uh -huh. he does it again. When his brother turns up looking for Shakari in Star Trek V, he's, he sides with them to the logic and whatnot. Okay, Jude, what was your thoughts? I know you've enjoyed them. What was your thoughts on the songs? I loved the songs. I thought it was a great part of the show. Um, really performed by Charles Napier, or Napier, but he did a great job, and I think it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> okay, with regards to uh, when they took over... The fucking red shirt on the bridge was so fucking dad dancing and <laughs> awful. I wanted Scotty to just slap him round the back of the head. But to be fair, I want Scotty to do that to everyone. Well, that's it. Scotty was with Kirk in, in the general sort of opinion of like, who the hell are these goddamn hippies, man? Oh, you know, what the hell so do they think they're mm. doing? Like, this episode is a total product of the 60s, you know. It's, Though I have it, to it, say, on some of our more recent subjects, there is no way that George Takai can say that Sulu was straight after seeing how he was reacting to these songs. Because he I was as camp as anything. You know he was I, very interested, wasn't he? Do you know what? I think that George, George Takai, like... As much as he is a brilliant actor, sometimes his flamboyance and his campness does come through in a lot of his stuff. So, yeah, I think he can't. <laughs> he, he was these girls were showing him, but we don't know exactly what those girls were showing him. They could have been showing him anything, shall I say, on that iPad, and he could have been saying, oh, my. It didn't necessarily <laughs> have to be what we're seeing. <laughs> I would go with that theory. That's a fan <laughs> theory that I back. Yeah. I'm trying to defend George Takei as well as Sulu, you know? Like, it might not have been what we thought it was. It could have been uh, something completely different. Okay, and obviously they end up escaping. First of all, fucking... How easy was it for them to take so over from the auxiliary easy. room? It's like... It, oh, it, yeah. It, it was all... Um, Pavel's fault. It was all Chekhov's fault, wasn't it? Really? He just wanted to get his end Well, it's all because of the Beatles. <laughs> I, I listened to the Beatles when I was in college, but you know, you've gone too far with this hippie stuff. You see, though, this is where this episode was clever that they knew. You, you see, women know what men want. This is how they struggle. Well, it's not fucking hard, is it? Well, isn't it? Like, it wasn't that way. That's the... But I just uh, it's very the whole thing was what I what I didn't understand is why the auxiliary room was able to take control when the bridge it had no malfunctions whatsoever. Surely the bridge can reroute everything back to the bridge. That's like saying the battle bridge on the Enterprise D could like could 
be taken over and ne- never have anything restored back to the normal bridge. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, that can happen. I thought that was a bit wishy-washy. Okay, so that's too much technical talk for this time of night. <laughs> okay, I think you know you want a fun trivia fact about the songs in this episode. Yeah, go on then. My first ever exposure to any of these hippie songs was actually one of them being sung by Ben Stiller at the 30th anniversary special that came out in '96. He was one of the hosts of this 30th anniversary special, which I don't think has ever been released on like a DVD or a video or anything. I never saw that. No. Yeah. He hosts it because he's a massive fucking Trekkie. That's so why if you look at um, Mr. Mugatu from Zoolander, named after the Mugatu, uh, but no, he comes out and he starts talking, like rattling off why he's such a massive Trekkie and he's nerd great, and then he sings the one that ends with the judge bangs the gavel and said, no, that was my first exposure to these hippie songs as being sung by Ben Stiller the anniversary special. 30th anniversary special, yeah. right? I'll have to see oh, if that's on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. There's actually yeah. a really funny cast of Frasier. Play basically. <gasps> I love that. With yeah. Kate yeah, well, that's Kate what that's from. With Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Then Kelsey Grammer turns up as the Clinton at the end. That's from that so special. Okay, well, I've I've seen that skit, so the rest must be on YouTube somewhere. It'd be but like everybody's like, yeah, it's really good. Okay, I'm gonna. That's our homework for this week. I'm gonna uh, go and see if I can find that. Okay, obviously they end up getting to the planet. Turns out that the planet is absolutely acidic. We, I'm, I'm not going to go into the science of it. We'll just ex- accept that, yes, everything is it's poison. Fail. They fail. And though when they find the shuttlecraft, and obviously these people's feet have been burnt to shit because the grass is acidic, and the staff well, officers are fine because... Yeah, they keep carry they carry them out of the <laughs> shuttlecraft and put them Come back out. on the grass. Oh, that's punishment. But then, yeah. you can read a lot into that as well. Like they've finally found their Eden, their paradise, and all that's going to do is actually destroy them. Be not good for them. Which can again, yeah. if you as I say, read way too much into it, you go maybe there is no such thing as a perfect paradise, and you've got to find it inside yourself before you can just find it on some random planet with poison fruit. To the point where when old mates yeah. you can eat the fruit and die. Oh. Do you know what? I think we need to come back and review this episode a second time. The way to Eden, part two. <laughs> the way back no, to Eden. I don't want to watch it again. Well, the way to Eden, part two is Final Frontier. Star Trek Five. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, want to right. watch it again. Don't make me watch it again. You will. So, Okay, what, what was um, matey's name, the uh, blonde afro? Adam. Yeah, was anybody else... That's right. W- was anybody else upset that he died? Because I was quite upset that he died. No. Can I just say, I'm not upset that he died. It doesn't surprise me, but I was disappointed that it was Spock who had to say the lame line, his name was Adam. Yes. I would have expected that from Kirk... Possibly Bones, very much Sulu, but not Spock. Like, yeah. his name was Adam. It's like, for fuck's sake, we know the name of the episode is The Way to Eden. It <laughs> doesn't have to point out his name was Adam. We know. We've just been watching for the last we 15 minutes. We get the beautiful connection. Yeah, exactly. It's like, in real life, well, not real life, 
Spock wouldn't find that out. Is what I'm trying to say. Real life, Spock wouldn't. If he was wouldn't. Jim Kirk, who talks bollocks all the time, yeah. Yes, no. A lot of the time, though, if you go back and think about those original series episodes, it was Spock that made a lot of the quote point observations like that. Did that make sense? What he said, the fact that it was a shit observation, was just nothing. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. It, it was the uh, low point of the episode for me. Like I enjoyed lots of this episode, what? even though I, I did, I did. But um, but that bit I thought was silly. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so in true tra- uh, tradition, I ask everybody to pick a favourite moment yeah. from the episode. So Laura, what is your favourite moment from the episode? Uh, favourite moment was when, and it was just one line, and it was Scotty. When they first when they first beamed to them onto the ship, he said, "Oh, and a nice lot too." He was perfect. So uh, that was probably the only thing he said. A nice a nice lot too. They are. he said, "A nice lot they are too." That was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, just to clarify what he said, let's listen to that clip. Scotty, are they aboard? Aye, Captain. They are, and a nice lot too. Okay, so JD, what would you say your favourite moment from the episode? My favourite was with was watching Charles Napier in his little skirt and his god awful afro rocking out and singing his hippie songs, knowing that when he grows up, he's going to become. The guy from Blues Brothers and the guy from Silence of the Lambs, just watching him do his little dance and then thinking about him as those two characters and the guy from um, Little Green Men. It just it just amused me in a way that... <laughs> I would agree with you. That is also one of my favourite moments. So I tell you what, let's check out one of the god-awful, cheesy songs that I absolutely love to bit. Looking for the good land going astray Don't cry, don't cry Oh, I can't have honey And I can't have cream Say, I'm here, I'm here, in the good land, in the new land, I'm here. Okay, now, Juve, what is your favourite moment from the show? Well, I don't want to say I sound like a in the wilderness fanboy, but JD took the words right out of my mouth. I loved uh, Charles Napier in this episode. I think all his songs were absolutely brilliant and uh, took away from his career in uh, all his roles in Rambo and all that stuff. <laughs> I think they were awesome, the songs. That, that That's my number one. That's your number one, and I can't blame you whatsoever. 
Can't blame you. So the ultimate question is, on, based on the way to Eden, do you give a toss about TOS? Jude. I do. I do give a toss this week, at least. We'll we'll see if I give a toss another week, but yes, I do this week. I, I okay. really like the way to personally. Laura? Based on this, I don't give a toss. <laughs> You're going to have to do a lot better than that, lads. Come on, do a lot better than that to entice me into TOS. <laughs> okay. Uh, JD? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> I'm going to do all three seasons of the original series back-to-back on Netflix in a binge right now because fuck everything. <laughs> Ultimately, I would say, uh, based on this episode of TOS, I, is, as much as it is not the best episode, it is hysterical. And I definitely give a, t- I give a toss a lot about this episode. The thing is with me is if an episode bores me to death, I will hate it. If an episode is so awful that it's making me laugh, then I am more than happy to go with it. So I definitely. So overall, Laura, I think you've lost out. I think we no. do give a toss about TOS this week. Yeah. <laughs> so if you agree or disagree, let us know. Uh, either you can email us at trekmate1701 at gmail.com or you can tweet us at trekmate1701 or find us on Facebook. Just search for trekmate or it's facebook.com forward slash trek.mate.1. So, JD, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? They can find me personally on Twitter at jdizzle1701 or shameless plug. I'm now hosting the currently on hiatus but coming back very soon podcast called Nerd Corner. You can find us on Twitter at nerdcornerau or via geekactually.com. That's where you can find all my shenanigans now as soon as <laughs> we get happening again. Guys, if they want to get in contact with yourselves. If you want to get in contact with me, uh, it's Janeway931 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, I'm the official Jude on um, Twitter and YouTube. If you want to find me on Facebook, you can find me at Jude Hawkins. And, uh, yeah. I do have to say, JD, thanks for coming on. I really uh, enjoyed having you on the show. Cheers, mate. Cheers, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like I was... 13 months ago when I first spoke to Wayne. I'm really, really chuffed to speak to you, man. Well, if I don't speak to you again, I'm, I'm really uh, really happy, but we've done this today, man. Oh, he oh, sends well, you kisses and hugs. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I mean, if, once I go back to work, the scheduling's going to be harder. But, yeah, I'm happy to come back on periodically if you, if you want me. We'd more than happily have you be our cue. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been Treadmate for this week. I've been Wayne Emery. I've been Jude Hawkins. I've been Laura Fawcett. And I've been JD. Are we done? You (laughs) fuckers, goodbye. (laughs) I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. Long time back when the... Man found out what he had to do Found he had to eat and he found he had to drink And a long time later he found he had to think Yes, think 
I'm standing here wondering. What? If a man tells another man out of my way, he piles up trouble for himself all day. But all kinds of trouble come to an end when a man tells another man, be my friend. Uh -huh. Friend. Well, what's it going to be? There's a mile wide emptiness between you and me. Can't reach across it, hardly even see. Say goodbye, or oh, let's say brother, brother, brother. Hey, out there, hey, out there, hey, out there, hey, out there. I see. together and have some fun I don't know how to do it but it's got to be done you've been listening to the trekmate podcast would you like to get a hold of us visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.